0: Of knowledge of good and evil. It's more than that. He tells you what's on the throne. So we took a look at Hebrews and said, okay, why did you put this law in the first place? Why did you put the rules and regulations? Why was it the Mosaic law in its foundation? Why? And Hebrews gives, I mean, Romans gives us an explanation. What it says is this show us what his wrong is so we you can know how to please him. It was also put the for a second purpose we saw in Romans in review here, it was put to show us that we do not have the speaks to make it. Matter of fact, the law it says grab the weakness in our life to cause us to sin more. And Romans makes a very, very deep point that the the law was not sin. So it was set to show us the sin that's in us and our need for God. It further states that it, was, that it was like a caretaker or a keeper holding to the time of Christ. In Romans 7 and 8, it also speaks of that we're no longer under the law anymore. You guys remember why, right?
1: Because
0: we're dead. That was the main point that we had a few weeks ago. Because we're dead. And this in Romans it says that these people are not bound to any law anymore. When you die, you're no longer under the law. And we died when we were in Christ. When we accepted Christ in our life, we died to the laws, the rules, and the regulations, and they no longer rule us anymore. Now we live by a new law, the law of the Spirit, Romans says. And that law of the Spirit is causing us from inside out change. The old law causes us to change on the outward activities. By changing our outward activities, we just said we were okay. But it was only a foreshadowing of what was to come. It was to show us what the truth was. The law says that, that, you know, if you do this right, that right, and that's the problem. The problem was, even if you could accomplish all the do-nots and obey the things of God, something would come in. called pride. And as soon as you have pride, you disqualify yourself. But to like if you think you're doing good and you you're really good about what you're doing, you don't disqualified. Because guess what? You got food coming in there. What is sin? There's lots of things as we said this. We said that the activities that we do, the things that we lie, cheat, steal, whatever, uh, it's really just a symptom of the sin. The sin is having anybody else than Christ on the throne in your life. That's the sin. That's the sin we saw in the garden. That's the sin that we saw at the very beginning. Man said, hmm, that, uh actually woman, same thing, a man came. So that tree looked good, was keen for food, peace in the eye, and desirable for gaining knowledge. You know, and at that point they decided they were going to grab knowledge in their own time, in their own way, the way they wanted it, and do exactly what the enemy said. You can become a God. Becoming I mean, as God is making your own decisions, making your own directions, deciding your own timing in life and where you're going and when, how, and why. That's being God. And that promise in there is, on the day you touch that, you shall surely die. That's speaking to an eternal promise. The promise is fulfilled to the day after the day you touch that. In other words, the day you decide in one direction where you're going to go, time you're going to go, what you're going to get on the day you die. Because when you eat from that tree comes a whole tree. The tree
1: on all the rules
0: and all the regulations and, and all the laws that you, by Romans, tell you is impossible for you to fulfill. You're But We have a freedom. We have a freedom. It takes us out from the law. And it brings us to a place of righteousness based upon his record. We have an inheritance, it says. It says we have an inheritance that we receive from him. Inheritance of his life, his sinless life, is what we receive. So the law was only valid as long as we lived. When we're no longer, we have inheritance now, and we have resurrection in Him. First, now our spirits, and then our, our body. One day will be resurrected with Him. We will be with Him, and He are. He was the first of many brethren as fast. We join him. The requirements of the law was met through Jesus. Totally met. There's nothing you have to do to get it. But does that mean you can keep on sinning? You know, I, I loved Arthur Burke on some of the things he says, and one of the things he says is that you know, repentance and all the stuff brings you up to ground zero. But that's it. You can repent all day and all you're at is ground zero. And it says, well, I think it's impossible to please God, so to get above ground zero you're going to have to have some faith. To get above ground zero, you're going to have to do some other things. Now scripture says that you know you you'll see defeated by what you do. There is both in this kingdom. The law is removed not to be a slacker. The law was removed not to uh, go on sinning. The law was removed so you wouldn't sin anymore. That's all in purpose. The intent of the law, the intent of the kingdom, is to cause you to be like his son. That's the whole intent of everything. He wants us to be like him. We're supposed to be the ambassadors of first fruit. We're supposed to have an inheritance that frees us to become who we're supposed to be. This is not a new thing. This from the very, very beginning, it was God's will for us to be like Him. You know, I was reading with, uh, uh, the little Bible study at my house and just reminded as I read it, you know, we uh, were created in His image. You know, you look at the creation thing, you look at all the different things. It says, that was incline, and He made animals that reproduce, and He made the plants that reproduce with seed, and you know, trees with his fruit and seed, reproduced, and everything kind, everything in him. and he made us. And he has used different words to think kind, the same way. He made us out of the same thing. Are we equal with him? Heck no. But so we're made after his image. His image is to bless and do good things. That's who he is. If you read anything in Genesis, and if you read anything in the first part, first chapter, you find out one thing. You know? If you make something and you made in time, it's good. Because the one you did is good. You're good because he's good. That's the reason you're good, not, not because you're good. But the second you rely on how good and how well you do, you miss. But it's relying upon how good he is and that he reproduced and made himself and us to be a representation to the people. Now, if we kept on sinning, we weren't going to give representation. Thing. You've seen that as pastors by thousands have fallen and Christians by the millions have fallen and probably millions of pastors too. I don't know. They all, Everyone falls. I mean, falls and to be down type of thing. We're not created to do that. And what's the saying in Romans is to teach us that we're free so we don't have to. Free so we would live a different life. Free so we move from zero to the plus one, two, three, four, and on up. There's a friend, you know, some will have a higher place in heaven than others. There's a higher spot. There's a place right near him There's an outer limits. It would be good to just be up there. How about you? I want to be in, in the house. I don't want to be up in, 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 the, in the North 40. I want to be in the house with him. I didn't used to want to be in the house. I used to care less. and didn't think about it. I didn't care. wasn't afraid of anything. It's just totally stupid wasn't brave, stupid. Well, now I do. I actually care. I want to be with them. And it says,
1: in Romans, it
0: says, you know, that we, the pain we have and the suffering we have is just so momentarily. It can't compare to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. So we have this short time of pain and suffering and a long time of glory.
1: We have a pain
0: that we will rule with him. I don't know what that fully means. Do you? I, if I know anything about God, I know he believes in authority. If you look around, every single thing in nature has authority. Every single thing. There is nothing in this universe that doesn't have authority to it. It's how he makes things. In time. He makes things in time. Jesus made one to us. My wife and I are two became one. Equal. Well, There's authority level. Everything is authority. And When we fall in that line of authority, that we have authority. Remember that the uh, the attorney says, you know, Jesus said, I haven't seen any greater faith than this. He says, you know, just it and be done. I'm a man under authority and I go tell my people to do things and they do it. And he started off, I'm a man under authority. And I tell it, it's that. That's how we have the authority. He was a man under authority. So we have to learn what that authority means. We have to come into that line of authority so we will have authority in the things we say and do. You see, when Jesus described it, he says that uh, uh, he talked about a, a roots and the branches. Without the roots, the branches don't work. It's authority. It's a line of authority as well. You have got a head on top of your shoulders that authority over the rest of your body. Everything has authority. So as we come under authority and align authority, and we don't rebel. We go forward. You know, the New Testament talks a couple different times about the rebellion in the Old Testament, and the rebellion was against authority. The people said uh, Moses, to Moses, they said, "Put you above us." Who could you who one made you in charge of everything? Hey, we're all part of the chosen people. Who who elevated yourself? You went way too far. Moses got mad and then started repenting for the people. And what happened is the earth and saw those men whole to hell. Now, what does it say about Moses? We see authority and we have trouble because we see bad authority. When authority comes, especially in the church, it's worse than all. When it's up here, I'm here, and you're here to serve my vision. you miss. That's wrong authority. Leadership is to come under, help people find their gifting, come into their gifting, and do their gifting, and bless them. That's authority. That's how it has. That's the type of thing Moses had. Moses was called a friend of God, the humblest of men. And what he did is he helped his people to the land that God called them to. He wasn't trying to show off. He wasn't trying to anything. He was helping the people. And you see the authority past the level he had was to help the people come into the promises of God. Help them get out of Egypt. None of it was done in the wrong way. It was done the right way. Help come under and help them. That's the right type of authority. But if you think that because wrong authority exists, you will not under authority, you are sadly mistaken. And under that, you will come under rebellion, which is called witchcraft, if you want to be clear. Part of that exemption side thing it talks about, witchcraft comes in there. You come under that. You're out of it. Does the church operate in witchcraft? He's I've heard a on witchcraft recently because of a friend of mine who was out, and a friend was with him. And I saw that person who prayed his heart for God operate in both camps, all almost in the same breath. God started telling me. Watch this. He has the right heart, but he's going to show you a go turn. You really should be there. He's going to show me. Every time he got home, this guy was actually the opposite way. His eye was open because he didn't understand authority. He actually rejected the authority of the church. This particular guy. That's one of the first problems I see when I, I, I deal with authority. These people, and they're often very, very mystical type of people. Mystical not bad. But when it's not under authority, it's very, very bad. It opens a person up to do the wrong things. And he, he said, like, some pastor heard him, some leader heard him. Not one, probably multiple ones. really, really wrong. And it falls on the pastor, to those things, that responsibility. But it also falls on him. causes a man to miss. He's getting straightened out now. I had a friend of King Jensen, who's actually now asked him for the message. I wrote it, and he's now caught it, and a whole bunch of people caught it, and they're going to be teaching on it. something I wish for them to come out and steal theirs, since they stole mine. <laughs> okay, so, since we're not under the law, there's no condemnation anymore. Do you feel like it or not, that's the truth. This is a big thing that you have to get. I will drive it as hard as I can through here. What you feel means absolutely nothing. This is the truth. If he feels the truth is not the truth, it doesn't change in fact, is <laughs> So, if you feel condemned when you walk around the life and feel condemned and feel faint, it's probably because of the brokenness in you. And God wants to heal it. There is absolutely no condemnation in Christ Jesus. None. Zero. Whatsoever. Do you feel that or not? That there is none. So we live a life in there. And Romans tells us that. We live a life out from the grasp the, the of condemnation. Um, and we are children co-heirs with Christ. It also said our present suffering is nothing compared to the blessing that's coming. And as uh, the scriptures also say, is that we're waiting, along with creation, to God to be revealed. Because that creation itself is going to inherit with us a promise. With us. Not by ourselves, with us, from us, creation. And we, I said last week, we have a responsibility with that. We have a responsibility to take care of our environment. Does that make us a green nut? I hope not. Does global warming exist? I don't think so. All that stuff. Do we mess up this planet? I guarantee it so. But it's crazy right now. Uh, in the last, uh, few years, it's just doubled. I don't know if you realize it or not. Also, volcanic well, eruptions have, I think, almost doubled now. Earth just has, is moving into the childbirth pain to bring about something new. And we're going to get to see that, I think. So, fortunately, some will think, unfortunately. All the people, thanks before you, do not wait for this day. They thought, they think we are so blessed with what we're about ready to see. You know, they had a different peak on life than we've had. They they didn't have the instant thought. They understood very clearly the cross and suffering. And that without the trials and testing, we would never become who we want. Karen and I were talking on the way here, and it's something that God had said to me recently. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, God, I'd really have liked some money, because I thought I had a very slight possibility, but a possibility of coming in to come in. I was really excited about it, and didn't come in. May it? I don't know. Probably not. What I did come to understand then, is what I wanted, is what is befallen Christians before me centuries. I, I want to have to trust on God. I want to be able to keep the money in the bank. I don't have to worry about that. Everything's cool. I can do what I need. I'm going to do all these spiritual things. A great. Now, it's just true. Not, I think I would do the best
1: But I don't want to have to
0: rely on God. He just got me on the place where I have to rely on him. And actually, if I'm really going to come down to it, I'd rather rely on him for this in my physical life or uh sickness or something else like that to get me through. I would rather rely on them or something as white as that. We don't want to rely on them, we want to rely on ourselves. Some trust in horses, some insurance the scripture say we're supposed to trust in the Lord. is this it's a dollar, A Matthew thing, you know, what treasure in heaven is. It's the same thing. We as a people want to be comfortable you don't want to have worries you don't want to have trials you don't want to be smooth and easy no problems the is smooth and easy no problems means no growth period God was really graceful I've been in this thing for about 35 years when I went through Karen and I went through a few years of time I said Lord you know I just have a blessing I'll worship you and I really did I still went after God with everything in me. I worship God with everything in me. And he gave me a season of time where everything was good. This was back like then. My number one car at the time was a 1985, because that was, was an 85, BMW uh, 635. I, said, I looked at one. Yeah, God. I was kind of, kind of joking around with God, you know, because he kind of said to me, you know, if it wasn't enough to ask for no I'll give you Talk about this, I had to have. I was driving around one day at work, and uh, um, I was going to go out and see people. And it was in Newport Beach, and this guy had this. It was a show car. It was a bright red 635. Then built two inches, a couple grand. He at two inches, custom wheels. It was the best looking 635 I've ever seen matter of fact, I actually, somebody has a, uh, I have a footwork of it on the back of it. Somebody had taken that car, or one exactly like it. I think that one. It's called it Yuppie Motors. I don't this name. It's a beautiful car. And I and I, I, said, I like that. Let me tell you what. In 24 hours, I owned that car. I actually just gave it to my friend a few years ago. About a year ago. He gave that to me. He tied had to bless with it. Everything went well. I went after God with all my heart, but I found something at the end of the time I didn't grow, and I didn't have as deep or a loving relationship with God as I had in God. And I prayed all the time.
1: Remember, I Bible all the time. I went after
0: it, and I learned something. And though I don't like to pray this, without the trials and tribulations, I will not become who I'm called to be. Neither will you. So consider pure joys when you have those trials and tribulations. Scripture tells us. Because it produces in us, it means that God wants to produce in us. It's like him. So there's something else when you have trials and tribulations. You have no control over it. It's his timing when things work. Everything depends upon him exactly where he wants you. There's no better place in life than that. Also, most uncomfortable place. He used to say, and I still believe it, The time I know I'm in the right place is when I feel like I'm on a branch and somebody's on the other side sawing it off. And that's the truth. That's how it feels. When you're in the right place, in God, it feels like you're on that branch and somebody's sawing it off and you're on the wrong end of it. That's what it feels like. That's a good place. I know. I know it well. I know the place very well.
1: Huh? So
0: far I haven't. Yeah, but it's a good place to be in, that, that that desperation trust in God. We don't like it. Everything in our nature doesn't like it. It doesn't work with it. any of the things that we hope for in this world. this world is the opposite. go <laughs> to uh uh I think it's to Romans eight seventeen. Can you uh put that up there? Make we have that on there. You so, know, uh it's going off in the same way it starts off same way, the same way and just the same way it's referring to the script the verse before it says we ourselves groan inwardly as we wait for our adoption as sons and redemption of our bodily it talks about inward groaning so we have that up there Steve and Lois are on vacation. They come today until the plumbing broke. They are gonna come and go out of town. So do you wanna read I have it? My daughter reads very well out loud of her many times before.
1: Okay, but I don't have the Oh you can read it out there. It's out there.
0: Sebastian, put it back up there. You know, I have actually had scriptures up there for the last three weeks, and something came up, so we didn't get to have them each time. All the work to do it, and it didn't work.
1: So what did you think? What?
0: I don't remember. It's not up there. Put it up there, Sebastian.
1: 8-17. Okay, well, I'm going to start at sixteen. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and His children, then heirs heirs of God, and joint heirs of with with Christ. Indeed, we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together.
0: Okay, keep on going to verse 21
1: through 21. Okay, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The creation was subjected to futility, not winning, but because of him who subjected it in hope.
0: What's the next scripture? I guess I'm What? I was talking to them. not in there. I'm a bad guy.
1: What translation?
0: I thought I had it. Oh, oh here it is. Oh. No. Is it really Mark? That's my question. I know I did this. only well, did it at oh. this morning. And that's why it's not here. Huh. That makes me crazy. And well, I hopefully, we we'll get some of the oh, other ones in there. Okay, so, what we have here? co with clients. Spirit helps in our weakness. Spirit himself intercedes for us. With groans and words cannot express. Is that what we're on? Is that what we're at? Huh? I'm gonna read, this. I'm gonna read it in this version. I don't know what the other version was, and I don't know if we read the same thing, because I was distracted. Now if ye are our children, be our heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. For he we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Consider what you present sufferings in that worthy of comparing the glory that will be revealed. Creation waits eagerly, and expectation for a sense of God to be revealed. Okay, Um throw up 22. Oh, I meant twenty six. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know that we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Now this is speaking of groans inside. I, I don't know the desperation, the pull, all the different things that you have going inside of us to cry out for the things of God. This is the same way as we wait for adoption, is the same way as the earth waits for God's children, us to be revealed. Revealed. Have you been around here for a while, guys? Yeah, why does it say be revealed? Did you think about that? Because we have to become who God called us to become. We have to, creation is waiting for us to become true sons of the Living Father. So it's waiting for us to become what God intended for us to be. It's waiting for us to become the expression of Christ on this earth. That is the season, that's the time that we're moving into. All the centuries, we've been around, people have been around, Christians have been around, for the first century, it's all been around. So why is it now waiting? It's waiting. Everything's waiting for us to become who we're called to be. That means we get to be changed to become something far greater than we've ever seen. Something goes way past who we are. We really become like him. Now, if what I said before is testing trials to bring those things about, then guess what you're gonna get? Testing and trials. Running from them will not help you. We are, through the testing trials, through the groaning and our heart, are not ready to become what God's called us to be. That's exciting news. That I means you have to wake up. Can't be in slu- a slumber. The whole church is in a slumber as a whole. It's got to wake up. We have to wake up. We have to become everything we have been called to be. We have to become that what God said we are to be. And we will become that. Because it's not dependent upon us. It's dependent upon God. The it says here, helps us in our weakness. And that word, weakness, means frailty and immoral shortcomings. I'll give you the exact one. Evilness of mind and body by implication, by implication, I can't even say it,
1: implication
0: a moral frailty. Spirit intercedes for us with groans the words cannot express. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes in accordance with God's will. So, in other words, you have a spirit of God that lives in you, knows the end, knows what you're to become. It intercedes for you that you become that. Now we're familiar with tongues, you know, and this is probably some of that in there, but it says what words cannot express. Tongues are the words usually of angels, and men, so. I' don't have to goes past that. But we understand the concept, the concept that we find here. Is the Spirit of God living in us knows our needs, knows the will of the Father, and intercedes for us. So, that would tell an intellectual person, or that when you have the groans in you, rather than fill them with telling God the wants and list the things that you'd like to have, it might be a good idea to sit still before the Lord and let the Holy Spirit intercede for you. That would be a piece of wisdom. You know, most, most of, uh, most people think that prayer is a list of words towards God. It really isn't. It's really being quiet before Him and allowing Him to speak. If He's God, we're not, that type of thing, we are not God, even though we like to be there. Look at Mark sixteen seventeen. You got that one? Okay. Can you read that?
1: And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name you will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues, and they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well.
0: Does that sound like us? Sometimes. Is that God's intention? It says that this is what will mark us from the rest of the world. It also says our love will too. Everything in the Bible attention. Remember, it's not, it's not one or the other. It's attention. tension. in our love this thing happens. You know, it's out of a place of love. But, it says that the Spirit intercedes for us. That's why Paul says, uh, uh, uh in First Corinthians 14, uh, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church I'd rather speak a few intelligible words and instructions than 10,000 words of tongues. Tongues important, yeah. The church, is not the place for it, unless you're going to have someone interpret it. And I don't want to go into teaching on tongues right now. But what I want to draw your attention to is speaking in tongues is something you should do on an on a, on a ongoing basis. Because it's just the Spirit of God interceding for you. And since He knows what you need, and where you should be, and what's in the way. Remember, there's a place here and here. There's something in the way from here to here. The Holy Spirit knows who that is and will help remove it. That's what He does. He will pray and intercede that those blockings, whether they're past hurts, present blocks in your physical life, or spiritual things that keep you from the things and the calling of God. What's the calling of God? Thank you. Someone's got it. Be like him. That's what we're called to be. So, the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues. He speaks in groans And help helps us to become what we're called to be, which is like him. That's the thing. That's the call. That's the thing that we're looking for. It isn't to be the biggest church. It isn't to be the biggest preacher. These are my things. It isn't to be uh, uh, the biggest healer. Uh, it isn't to be the biggest prophet. Listen, 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 all these other things that we think about and go after and we're nuts. Just be like him. Whatever that means. And he'd be the person moving the chair. I have a feeling if he was in here right now and he wasn't up here speaking, hopefully he'd be up here speaking, he'd be putting the chair in place. That's who he is. Servant. i be the greatest the servant law. That's how he described the authority. Isn't that interesting? The disciples were fighting over no, who's going to sit next to him, who's going to have the highest authority? who's going to be in the place of authority. And that's getting the seat on the left and the right. It an argument for authority. It's who's closest to him and who has the biggest authority thing? That was the deep. That's what they wanted. And he says, No, you want to be first against got to of them all. He's got it all wrong. You don't understand authority in my king. The opposite of the world. Remember the apostles? Men of authority? Jesus, says, uh, are we released in the kingdom? You know, we pushed around all day. Our things are going lousy. All kinds of things, things are bad. All things are hard. Oh, we pushed us loud. Apostle. Number first. Jesus. Authority. Okay. Then we're going to get to a scripture I love, personally. Read 28 through 30. Cummins, put scripture down. I, no, shoot a couple Oops. down. There it is. A, yeah, I'll read it. I guess I shouldn't do it at 4.30 in the morning. Moral of the story, huh? Okay, uh, 8.28 to and 30. And we know that in all things, in all things, all things, as John Wimber used to say, and I looked up all, and it means all. <laughs> In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified. And those he justified... He also glorified. Wow. What does this mean? It means if you've got cancer, all things will work the really good. Do I like that one? No. Did God give the person cancer? I don't think so. I guarantee it not. There's no sickness in the world, remember, before sin came in the world. There's sin thinking in the world captured, captivated and controlled the whole world. and Lots of things happen. But it does say all things work for the good, included. Can it work for the bad? How many people have seen people with cancer or sickness or disease or situation that didn't work for the bad? I've seen a lot so what does that lead you to be? God's blind? I don't think so. It leads us to be, we are made in His likeness. Choice. We have a free will. God gave us, because we were made in His image. We already had that. And we have to exercise that. So when we have this thing, we have a choice of looking at what God can bring out of it, or the horror of what's going through. What we're going through. That means if you don't have any money you can look at what God can bring out of it the horrors of not having any money in your pocket and being hungry. That means if you broke up with your girlfriend or boyfriend or wife, whatever you can look at the horrors that came out of that or what God can do through that. These are all choices for you. You cannot change the situation. But you can't change the outcome. based upon your faith. That's right, faith. Do you believe God has all things under control? That's a hard one to prove in the scriptures, by the way. It's actually implied in a lot of places, but I can't really find real good scriptures for it, to win an argument. It's an understood fact. He does. Do you believe God is with God? You can find that one easily. He created you for his purpose? Yes, yeah, that clearly. So we have a choice when things come in our way. How we're going to deal with it and what's the outcome of it. If if we choose the good and look for how it excels our relationship with him and what's in our own life that's caused us problems and blocks us. Then we'll grow. And all things will work for the good. If we choose, by our own free will, the God gate gave us, because we're creating His <laughs> image, to get mad, to blame someone. you remember what was one of the very first consequences of the fall in the garden? To blame someone else?
1: She made me do it.
0: That woman gave me. You know? She made me do it. Serpent. So, you have a choice when things come in. And the choice is very simple. Am I going to look for the good and believe God and operate in faith, which is the currency of the kingdom of God, or am I going to be afraid, which is the currency of the kingdom of darkness and operate in fear? Whether I going to get mad out of it or glad? whether I am going to grow or die? Die in the wrong way. You know, truthfully, the, most of those situations are to bring to death in our life, death to ourselves. But mm-hmm. we get out of the way that God can love through us. So we have this choice. For all those that love Him, do you love Him? Who have been called? You'd be called. You wouldn't be sitting here if you hadn't been called. Guaranteed. According to what? Your purpose. Right? That's what it says? Oh, His purpose. His <laughs> purpose may be your purpose. Your thought. I guarantee it is. My purpose is to have a good time. Have life so easy. Enjoy things. That's my purpose. That's what I would like to happen. His purpose is a little bit different. You know? His purpose is quite a bit different a lot of the time. But you know what? We gotta get on the bandwagon with his purpose because then we'll be happy because that's what we're created for. We're created for his good work, right? Scripture science? That's what we're created for. Work, good work, his. Not ours, his. His purpose that we're created for. And then he says this, for those he foreknew. What's foreknowing? What's foreknowledge? Because he's a God, you can see from the very beginning to the end. He knows all things. So he says, he knew who you were before you popped out. He knew who you were from the very creation. And he foreknew you. And those he foreknew, he also predestined. What's predestined? Yeah, it's actually set limits. <laughs> I found that interesting. I never knew that. He does really need to set limits to have a certain outcome. Do you like your limits being set? He does it. It's hard to keep the So, when you find yourself fighting against authority sometimes, and certain limits that you have, you find yourself fighting against him. And the purpose that he has in your life. And you can also change some of the things and how they come out in your life. You know, we're to go along with His purposes and His plans and His timing by His way of doing things, not our own. His purposes is to come under authority of the Son and one another. One another. <laughs> People in authorities in life go along with that. If you're in the wrong authority, get away from it. Ask the Lord to release you. But submit to authority, whatever it is, because it's what you're called to do. And though he's grown new, he also predestined to be conformed in his likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. So predestined to become like him and to look like him and be part of the brethren with him. That's the purpose that we have. Back and fulfill the different things that he's called us to do. That's what he's called us to be. So, all things work for good for those of that. All things work for those that. Love him, Have been called, according to his purpose. He's predestined become the likeness of the Son, to be one of many brothers. Those he predestined he also called. He also justified and also glorified. Do you feel we're glorified? I don't. Often. But it's one of the things we a hearing has to come. There's different times we taste of the glory that comes through him. The presence, the joy, the, the flow of the things. Uh, uh, he says that if you wait on him, in the meantime he'll lift us up. And maybe at the end of time, and maybe sometimes in the meantime, I don't know. For different people, it do different things him, and it's his time schedule to be brought about. What huh? ours? This is contrary to our thinking, theology, and most Christian thought. So but it's what Scriptures. teach. That's what I want to go to. So those he professed and he called, he also justified, he justified through his Son, and our glory is found in him, isn't it? That's the part that comes through. Let's see if I want to go to the next part. Ooh, it's kind of a big piece. I think I will try it a little bit and we'll use it a little bit. That's it. What do you think? Okay, let's go to the next scripture then. Where are we at? Uh, Romans 8 thir- Oh, no, it's not 8.31. 31. Is it up there?
1: Yeah, 8.31 is up there. What
0: does it say? Hang on. Let's see if I got it. Yeah, 831. you got that? Can you read that? 831.
1: What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Okay, so if God's for us,
0: then nobody can be against us. It says, he didn't spare his own son for our lives. He didn't spare his own son that we can become like him. He didn't spare his own son that we could become in his image. That's how serious he is about you becoming who God calls you to be. That's how serious he is about you becoming the sons of the living God. He's absolutely deadly serious about it, if you want to get down to that. Will he not give us everything? Well. He didn't withhold the son. To become like him. He will give us everything. What did we have from the very, very beginning? Do you remember? He went to the garden, if you read chapter one, I mean, guys, some of you were here when I, uh, and forgot it, and some of you were never here to hear it. Go read Genesis one, two, and three. It's the foundation of the whole Bible. It's the foundation. If you don't get that, you don't get anything. If you don't understand that, you can't understand the New Testament very well. That's why he gave a revelation to the Jewish people, to the Torah in the first place. And then he built upon it. It's essential for understanding of who we are and who it is. In the garden, he actually gave every single thing creation to man. It was a present. He we didn't even have to work for it. The water, it all he had to do is kind of need it. Every tree was there except one for us to He said it had its name in every animal. He says, I give you all this. He says, every plant and stuff, gives it all to you. He gives us every single plant. In other words, you know, your game a life, who has the most wins in the end, the world says, well, we have it all. Every day. There was nothing on heaven and earth that we didn't have. Every fish in the sea and everything else was ours. Everything. And what did it do? He gave it up so they could keep in their own way. That's what Adam did, and that's what you and I did. We got something, to do it our own way. But his original intent was every single thing there was in this earth was ours. He owned it all, and he better of it. So, will he give us everything? Yeah, he did once before. He give it to Yeah, he will, if you decide not to be God and rule your own life. At the moment you try to rule your own life, and make your own direction, and do your own timing, you try, as Adam did, touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that day you shall surely die. And the day you do what you do. And what happens then? You reap a certain harvest. And that certain harvest is very clear. That's the Galatians 5 one. When it says, you know, the, uh, all the different rotten things that you really don't want to have in your life, that's the one. Galatians five. Throw out Galatians five. It's the second last scripture there. To remind you of this, keep the second to last one. Acts of simple nature obvious: sexual immorality and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft; hatred, discord, jealousy, dissipation, selfish ambition, selfish ambition, selfish ambition selfish ambition, dissension, affection, envy, darkness, orgies, and the like, I warn you before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You're going to run your own life. You will have that in you. You run your own life. Remember, if you go to the run your own life, you're saying, I don't need a king. I don't need the tree's life. I'm going to choose my own way. I'm going to be my own God. And this will come to some degree in your life. And if you're under that, that law, that rule, one sin and that's to cause you death. Any one of them. Ever been ambitious? Ever had any Any one of them comes to death. Sin's sin to death. To the next one. This is the tree of life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. There's no law on us because we're not under that. We're coming under what? The other tree. The, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nations with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us be the Spirit itself. So. so it's very, very simple. The whole Scripture, the whole law, the whole rules, the whole kingdom, the whole Bible sounds in those two things. Which tree do you can eat from? You decide. You can eat from the one that you make your own decisions? you get the first scripture. One from God, you get this one. This will be the fruit. You know, you eat a fruit and you taste it. You know where it comes from. It comes from an apple tree, a pear, comes from a pear tree. You eat this stuff all day, you know it's in there. Father, I ask that uh, these things would be cemented in our hearts. That we would, it would be so clear that we couldn't miss it that the understanding that you want to bring forth would be so stellar and so clear and so beautiful that we would only want to eat from your tree. That we would understand that the kingdom is about you and your glory. And the kingdom is about bringing you glory. And the kingdom is about hearing and obeying what you son said. I only do what I see my father in heaven doing. Let us that be who we are. Help us to be in that place that we abandon those other things. Help us become. The fruit, and produce the fruit in our life that goes with righteousness. Righteousness is the right relationship with you. So let that be the fruit that comes from the tree in our life. Father, we upset of the other, we turn from the other, we change our mind. And as you say, repentance is not changing the way you think. We change think we make our decisions, and we go our own way. We pick our own house, we pick our own name. We pick our own job. We pick our own church. We pick our own, uh, what we do today, to choosing you. Because we understand that you are a good God. That you produce things in kind. That you want to bless us because that's who you are. And the things and trials that will come our way will produce the right things in you. We love you, Lord. We are called according to your purpose. And we acknowledge that. Amen.